You can be sure you'll not only have the most quality Sunday brunch possible, but every time that you dine with us. Brockleton's Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Have you ever wondered why hearing aids cost so much? Do you find ads in magazines and on TV confusing? Does it seem easier to just forget pursuing hearing aids instead of trudging through the bog of options and figuring out which one you can trust? Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT Craft with EBA Hearing and Sound. In a world of internet purchasing, virtual consultations, and confusing pricing options, we want to offer you Reprieve. We want to answer your tough questions and demystify hearing aids for you. We are offering you a unique opportunity now through March 15th. Just schedule a free hearing test and bring questions with you. We would be honored to share some insight into the hearing aid world with you. If you decide that new technology is what you need, we will discount your new purchase by 10%. You can save up to $650 on a new hearing aid purchase. It's time for clarity. You deserve it. EBA Hearing and Sound, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Remember when your mom would say, eat a live toad first thing in the morning and nothing worse can happen to you for the rest of the day? Well, if you ignored her and didn't eat that frog and now you're stuck waiting for good stuff to happen, then you need the healthy calm that only comes from the health nut. The best organic salad bar in town. Smoothies that'll level you right out. An aisle after aisle of toad-free supplements that'll keep that sunny disposition going all day. The health nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Changes are a part of life, and with those changes come new and exciting things. Novus Autoglass in downtown Sheridan is changing. In ownership, that is. This is Jim Wolf. Cindy and I are the new owners of Novus Autoglass. I guarantee you one thing that won't be changing is our service, quality, and workmanship. Novus Autoglass now under new ownership at 347 North Main Street in Sheridan. If you're planning a wedding, spend some time with the Sheridan Media Bridal Magazine online at SheridanMedia.com. This magazine is full of articles, tips, and useful lists, as well as vendors that can help you plan the perfect event. From invitations to the reception, learn how to take much of the guesswork out of planning your perfect day. Check it out. The 2022 Sheridan Media Bridal Magazine, online only at SheridanMedia.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Ah, good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. Now, the city of Sheridan has been allocated $2.7 million in American Rescue Plan Act funding. The expenditures must be obligated obligated by December 31st of 2024, and they've got to be spent two years later by December 31st, 2026. Joining us this morning to talk about how the city will determine how to use those funds and other issues that are facing Sheridan, I am joined by city council members, Councilwoman Kristen Jennings and Councilman Steve Brands. Good morning, council members. Good Good morning. morning. Now, uh, did the state, uh, yeah, getting a little slurry, I guess the marvel's in there, Uh, (laughs) did they share with you the matrix 
upon which uh, they determine the amount that would be going to each county, municipality. Did they share that with you guys? Is this a population thing? Um, my understanding, I, they did not share that with us, uh, how they came to those amounts um, that we have seen. I could be wrong. Steve might know more about that. But um, I believe they did share it with the state, and then the state passed it down to municipalities. Oh, so this was all kind of determined up at the big flagpole yeah. and then passed that. You like everything else having to do with this money, right? Pretty much. Already already, uh, already practically spent by the time they, they shot it <laughs> yeah. down to us. Now, when, when did or does the money actually arrive? Um, I believe that um, it is, like you talked about, in, by December 2024, it's obligated by that time, and I believe that it um, it, it arrives around that time. I, I we have not. Oh, had so any it's not specific, sitting in the coffers yet. No, no, we haven't had any specific dates of when we're actually going to receive the money. Oh wow, they haven't even given you a date yet. No. No. Wow. They have changed some stuff as we've gone through this, so you know, it it all just depends on their their whims, I guess. Yeah. What did, well what did Governor Mark Gordon say about the pandemic? We're we're building the plane as we're trying to fly it. Sounds like they're trying to build their plane as they're trying to fly it up yeah. there too. Yeah. Uh very federal government of them. Now <laughs> how long is the list of rules uh that you have to follow when it comes to spending this money have you guys seen those yet i can only i mean is it a packet because that's what i'm picturing in my head you know we never did really see the council never saw the packet itself you know we dealt with our attorney and and the, our city administrator and and um at the very beginning there were a lot of restrictions that's all i know there were just a lot of restrictions uh brendan kearns our attorney he mentioned that it took quite a while to go through all the list but now they did change that. As the time went by, I think the federal government wanted to get money into circulation so badly, they really kind of gave up on some of the restrictions. So uh, at one time, we probably almost couldn't have figured out a way to spend it. There were so many restrictions. Oh, wow, yeah. But now it's just let's get the money out there. Federal government you know, wants to get money into the system. Um, and so right now we have quite a few projects that we can do with the money. Once we establish the need and that we go through the paperwork, so um, now when it's it totally different than when it started. When it started, very tough. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you know they give you this money, but then they paint you into a corner yeah. and say spend it here. Right. Yeah. And and that's about it. Uh, how long are they allowed to continue to change the rules on this stuff? Uh, like as we sit down, and uh, we'll we'll. Talk about how this is all going to be determined here in a little bit, but I was just curious, as this committee sits down and decides this is where we're going to go here, that's going to go there, can the federal government come in? I mean, is it an open door? Can they walk in and say, you know what? No, you're not going to spend it here. You're not going to spend it there. Can these rules change as we go along? Uh, well, they already have been, um, and so I, you know, I mean, it's the federal government. They'll they'll do with it as they please, and they'll you know pass that down to us and. Um, that's why I, you know, kind of opposed the, I, I voted no against accepting the funds in the first place, um, because I, there's just so many strings attached and, and you don't know, um, you know, we, we do this and we do these projects based off of what we've been given. And then six months down the road, like you said, 
could they come back and say, oh, you know, we didn't actually mean it for that project. Now you got to pay it back because we didn't want you to use it for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's a big worry to me, you know. So. Yeah, everyone makes big plans. <clears throat> we get bids out. We yeah. we get our hopes up. And then all of a sudden, Big Brother comes in and says, nah, nah, that's that's mine or, mm-hmm. or it can only be used over here. Right. I mean, absolutely confusing the way that they're kind of going about this. Uh, now, I haven't seen the rules, and I'm certainly not a lawyer, so lawyers out there might be like, nope, this is by the book, uh, you know, yeah. I need to and, – and, and to sit down and to think that you guys have to actually learn all of this as you go, is this kind of a daunting task for a city council to, to handle? Uh, and I don't mean that in like a you guys can't handle it kind of way, but is this a lot of work? Absolutely. And and I think that's why it's great that we have, um, you know, our city attorney and people like that staff to, you know, kind of wade through some of this as well in that in their area of expertise and say, hey, this is how we interpret it. And this is what we're presenting to you to say, you know, this is what we think is their their meaning by yeah. this. <laughs> Being able to summarize 200 pages down to 20. Yes, yes. To get through some of the minutia that says, you know. This is what they really mean. We hope. <laughs> we hope, yeah. <laughs> from from the way we see it. Yes, yeah, but absolutely. Th- that's kind of law. As long yeah. as a good lawyer can argue, that's right. uh, how it's written, then it, then it can go. Yeah. Now, in the notes I was given, it says that the recent federal government changed those rules. You touched on that, and that's effective as of April of 2022. This actually broadened the scope in which the city can utilize these funds. How? Did those rules change specifically uh, when they said that, okay, you can't spend it here, but now you can here? What what exactly changed? Um, so that is actually, I'm going to steal your piece of paper here. <laughs> um, so it, you couldn't use it for things like debt service, uh, pension funds. You know, we talked, we've been talking off and on about the um, firefighter plan A, making that whole. And, and so you couldn't use it for things like that. Um, you could then now use it for uh, police and fire safety, um, enviro- environmental remediation. You can use it for schools, hospitals, roads, things like that that are uh, a little broader scope than what you hadn't been able to use it before. So all of these expenditures have got to be a one-time deal. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. So we can't put it into anything that we foresee could possibly cost us money in the future. Right. You can't save it back. You can't do anything like that. You can't, you know, um, put it back like towards, you know, hey, we'll potentially have debt in in this particular area next year. So let's save it for that. You you can't do it. And that's part of um, putting the funds. They have to be obligated by a certain date. So and I think that's probably part of it. in, In my hopes is that by putting forth a plan by the 2024, we'll be able to say, um, hey, this is what we're anticipating. Please give us back your feedback in case you are wanting us to change anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so there's got to be approvals all the way up to the federal level. Huh? Right, right. Yeah. So wow. we're, we can't just, you know, we can't just take $2.7 million and be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> See, the, just the task of trying to get this money out to municipalities with this list of rules seems like it would be daunting. Uh, sitting in an office somewhere, being that individual who's in charge of, you know, maybe a team of individuals who are looking at certain regions throughout the United States, but every single town 
has got to do this, don't they? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, unless they chose not to take the money, then they, they don't have to worry about it. But I think probably most places did take the money. Yeah. So. Now, in what, now, you said that we can use it in certain ways. What departments can get some of this money? So we can, we can go fire and, and, and an rescue ambulance. an ambulance, mm-hmm. streets. Uh, yes, streets, um, health services, uh, you can do – so we have a list here that it can be spent um, – and it, and it says it can be spent on any service traditionally provided by a government unless prohibited. That's, you know, kind, kind of, of bro- straight, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> broad. Yeah, a, a little weird, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so really it's it's more of – making sure that you're not using it for something that's prohibited already and then kind of guessing on some of the other stuff and saying, you know, this is what we want to use it for. We have a list of things here that we've come up with. And and that was that was part of council's um sit down and, and everybody put forward ideas on what they were thinking. You know, I mean, my idea is whatever is going to get um the the citizens the most benefit of it right. so you know uh, all of them um and so you know in my mind that's something like water service street service you know those those um like a big expenditure right <clears throat> off of a wish list right. yeah yeah but that you know i mean everybody uses the streets so if we put all of the money towards the streets you know it may not go very far but at least everybody would feel like they got a little bit of benefit from it but yeah from every single resident in the city right. yeah um but we we all came together uh and we put you know together kind of a list and from there then there was an arpa committee um, with the mayor, and I am not quite sure who the other members were, and they narrowed it down and said, okay, you know, out of that list, here's a half a dozen that, you know, are prohibited, and then here's another half a dozen that are are allowed, and then from there, they narrowed it down a little bit further. So, so this uh, the selection process for the committee, that's my next question. How did we get there? Uh, who who determined who was going to sit on this committee? It was appointed by the mayor, mm-hmm. so you know we're all on different committees. I think he looks at who might better, you know, who might fit that uh, committee the best. But a lot of times, it just has to go on the fact of who might need to be on a committee. Like right now, I'm on several committees, so uh, you know I don't want another committee yeah. assignment. <laughs> so I think he looks at who's available at the time. So, and I think uh, who was it? I think. Bev up there at City uh, Hall told me, I think it's Lyndon, Lyndon Day and the mayor himself, mm-hmm. yes. right? And, and there were others within the community. I'm not sure if it was the chamber downtown. There were some other people involved, not just City Hall, when it came to this committee to identify the needs of the community. Oh, really? Okay. There were so others, not just City, not did, just the City Hall. Had some people come in yeah. and basically say, hey, what do you think about mm-hmm. spending this cash? Yeah, yeah. As a community representative, what do you think this money could be good at? Now, what did their duties completely entail? Was that kind of it? Just take our ideas, go forward, and see how plausible these things are, and maybe it'll pass, maybe it won't. Shoot for the stars and hit the moon, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I think they were very deliberate in, uh, first off, you know, taking those ideas and making sure that they are uh, qualified to be in the plan anyway, because based off of the requirements that have changed. And so that opened it up a little bit when they relaxed some of the rules um, that opened up some of the projects that maybe we hadn't been able to 
put forward in the first place um, to to come back around for a second try. So, so yeah, I mean, it was just a collaboration of saying, you know, throw it out there. What does anybody and everybody think, um, you know, needs to be dealt with in this town? And let's see if something sticks to the wall. Right, yeah. Does it qualify based on the rules? Is it plausible based on the amount of money that we're getting? That type of situation. And that's got to be frustrating because these <laughs> rules have changed and will more than likely change again. Right. Um, you know, I, I say that, believe it or not, optimistically, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know. Right. Uh, so, and maybe they are done changing these things up. So that are they done meeting then, or are they going to meet again? Well, like Christian was mentioning earlier, you know, I think what the committee sat down and they, they realized, you know, they could put this money in toward the streets, but in true reality, it really wouldn't have got much done for street projects. Yeah, wow. Um, streets and, are so yeah, expensive. Yeah, and they are. And Blows most, my mind. Most of the streets and everything else, we're already planning ahead of time. Everything's budgeted. The city's operating real well, functioning real well. So they kind of looked at as this money might be something to uh, use at more of what we hadn't budgeted, maybe something extra, because it is coming in as extra money. So where could we use it to better the public? So I think if you see these list of items, there are items that were not budgeted, uh, probably wouldn't have done it without this ARPA money. So it, it just gave us a chance to do something for the citizens that otherwise they might not have been able to have. Now, Councilman, are you referring to Resolution 7-22, identifying the following projects? Uh, 103 North Gould Street, right. Cook Ford Building. Right. Tell me about that project. Okay, well, of course, that's the old Cook Ford Building, not the old, old one. The old, old one was on 5th Street. This one is actually, I believe, right across from the uh, um, Foot Doctor. I think it's Foot Doctor's there, but it's closer to the downtown Sheridan area. We're using it now for a parking lot. Uh, the city owns the property, so there is public parking on that lot. Uh, there was a suggestion that we might look at that building as far as renovating that building to maybe make it something for the such an example would be where the uh, visiting public could come and there might be a museum in there. There could be public bathrooms. There could be something to it, and, you know, to advantage for the downtown area. Like or, a city center. Yeah, city center. Or possibly, you know, the committee may come back and say, suggestion is we raz the building and it's all parking. You know, that's one of the ideas that has been in Sheridan forever is downtown parking. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this just needs to be a parking lot. Maybe it needs to be a downtown center. That's something the committee will discuss and come back to the council with uh, their ideas. Yeah, I, I would love to see a city center in, <laughs> in Sheridan, and I understand yeah. that there's a lot to that. And I'm sure, you know, people are going to tell me, you know, Floyd, we can use that money in better ways, or we need the parking. But, yeah. boy, wouldn't that be cool, <laughs> having a, a city center where you could just mm -hmm. go and, and maybe even – you know, as a council member, go and visit some folks visiting downtown, you know, and go walk in there like a visitor's information center with public bathrooms and everyone just kind of yeah. explores downtown from there like a little hub. Now, the ambulance purchase, this this is to me, there's no better use of, of money. Uh, tell me about this one. Is it one of those situations where we absolutely need it or we were like, you know what, we can survive with what we have. But since we have this money. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> so my understanding is that the ambulances that we have are, are quite old and um, 
getting to the point where we are not able to, we wouldn't be able to perform all the services with them that uh, an updated ambulance would have. And so it was, it was kind of uh, both, you know, we, we probably could do better with what we, I mean, we probably could do more with what um, we have, but at the same time, we do have this opportunity to go ahead and update. And so, you know, why not go ahead and and make that move? Yeah. 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 That one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Just for clarification too, just so no one gets confused. We still have Rocky Mountain Ambulance. They're the, they're our ambulance service. Right. Um, the ambulance we talk about is one that we house in the fire department. It's actually the city-owned. It's basically a, a kind of the fourth ambulance out in case of a, a bad situation. So mm-hmm. uh, the city's always had a backup plan with an ambulance. So if heaven forbid everything, anything would happen uh, uh, with a major amount of a problem or something, yeah. we have an extra ambulance. But just so you know, this ambulance would be city-owned. It would stay on city property, and it would be used by the city. Mm-hmm. It's totally separate from our, our boys in red down there yes. jumping that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. theirs. Yeah, um, the one they have now has got like 140,000, and it's quite old. So as far as ambulances go, it needs to be upgraded. 140,000 for an ambulance. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. like a city-based yeah. ambulance. Right. I think that is quite a few miles on yes. that thing. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of hours on the engine. Yeah. yeah, and more maintenance than anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, the mobile emergency command unit for the police and fire, this is something that uh, I believe I talked to Councilman Day and the mayor about. Uh, tell me about this thing. Is um, is this just basically like a trailer or something that we can run operations out of? Uh, I mean, how big is this thing? Have you guys even seen a concept of it or maybe a photo? I don't think they have a specific unit in mind. Uh, my understanding from the conversations that we've had is that this is this is basically to set aside money to look into oh, okay. different types of explore of the idea. Yes, absolutely. So, um, no, I as far as as I'm aware, they don't have a you know like this is our favorite unit and this is what we want <laughs> yeah. because it has all the bells and whistles. Um, they they just want to set it aside for the opportunity to go out and look for. Or different ones to see what would best fit the needs of the city. So. Yeah, a lot of people may think we have one already because you've seen this command unit, like during the say the parade or yeah. downtown activities. Radio. But it actually comes from Cheyenne. They they actually borrow one from Cheyenne to use it, and so it is a good opportunity for us to get something because our town does have a lot of activities that might require eventually having our own. So yeah. it be an opportunity to get one. And that could really improve those operations, uh, you know, having a processing center inside there, whatever it, they would require. Right. Um, that's something I'll have to ask uh, Chief and the Captain yeah. about <laughs> next time they're on. What would they actually require from a unit like that? I think right. that would be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the next one, the bathroom and locker room, Southwest Rec- Recce? Rexy. Recycling Center. Recycling Center. Center. Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, the bathroom and locker room. I did hear that this bathroom and locker room is a little small for what uh, our staff out there need. So it's actually just one bathroom. There is no um, locker room at all currently. And so you you have, um, I believe it's 30, 30 plus employees using one restroom. Um, and when you're using, you know, when you're working in the recycling center, you're working with, you know, yep. a lot of dirty materials and things like that. Rinse out them cans, folks. Yeah, Rinse right. out them cans. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, a place for them to clean up before you get into your vehicle, that yeah. that would be very nice to to have that option. Absolutely and, so. it would. I, I mean, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And, yeah. and housing land trust. Now, we've had some comments on this one 
some folks uh, really kind of against the idea of the city uh, getting involved in this. So we won't go into too much detail. I just want to explore the idea of it. Uh, so, if, you know, if folks got a problem with it, they can approach their city council and talk to you guys about it. But what is the the idea and the concept behind this? I'll actually let Steve answer okay. that one, well, <laughs> but I'll, I'm against yeah. it as well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a tough one. Let me always explain. It's been over 10, 15 years ago I was on city council, and we dealt with affordable housing. Then it got kind of changed to attainable housing. So many of the things that we talk about today are the same things we talked about 10, 15 years ago. This, this uh, housing land trust is an attempt to get people into the homes, affordable mm-hmm. homes. And there's kind of a system where as they purchase a home, eventually some of their payment goes to developing another piece of property to develop another home for someone else. It's quite uh, lengthy, the process. I know that they said, uh, what I've heard, that this is complicated, but it just goes to show that we are continually for years trying to find out some way to put young families into homes affordably. And so this what that would be is just an attempt to make some affordable housing for people. All right. And when we return, we're going to continue with the Sheridan City Council. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Sheridan. We hate unnecessary fees. At First Federal Bank and Trust, we offer local cash management services to save you time and money. We're here to help local businesses succeed, not make money from fees. Costs are on the rise, and just like shopping for insurance, your current cash management services could use a review. Contact Kim Wells and learn how First Federal's business products and services benefit you. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. McTeacher Nights are back at McDonald's on Coffee Avenue. That's right, tonight from 5 to 8 p.m. Come into McDonald's on Coffee Avenue. Have a great meal, and a portion of the proceeds will benefit Coffee Elementary School. You'll be served by some of your favorite teachers, administrators, and, of course, the great McDonald's team. It's back, McTeacher Night, tonight, 5 to 8 p.m., benefiting Coffee Elementary School. McTeacher Night will be at the Coffee Avenue location only. If you're struggling with weight and frustrated with dieting each and every year, Mark Patrick Seminars can help. Join the over half million people who have attended Mark Patrick Seminars with weight loss results. Mark Patrick Seminars will be in Sheridan on Friday, March 25th. After this hypnosis, I want to eat good food. Since August, I can honestly say I have not had one potato chip. It was life-changing for me. And I don't think about desserts like I used to. Bridget, how much have you lost now? I've lost a total of 83 pounds. Holy cow. It's easy, it's fun, very relaxing, and very successful. And I would just say go for it. For only $49.99, lose all the weight you want 100% guaranteed. Friday, March 25th at the Ramada Hotel in Sheridan. Seminar time is 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Register begins at 5 p.m. Attend this program and find out how the power of hypnosis can help you achieve your weight loss goals. There's limited seating, so get there early. Learn more at markpatrickseminars.com. 
What's up with the weather? Sunny one minute, blizzard the next. The new forecast now calls for big savings at Midas. Save up to 170 bucks with the installation of four select tires at Midas Tire and Auto, which happens to come with free brake inspection. If you happen to need brake service, you can save another 50 bucks. Whatever you need, Midas will keep you rolling safely this spring with a little more green in your pocket. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane and Sheridan. It's Thursday, and that means it's time for Hot Buys on SheridanMedia.com. This week, we have $50 gift certificates to Aesthetica, a bundle of five gift cards from Pizza Hut, and $50 gift certificates to The Little Kitchen. We have those items and a bunch more, all starting at half off of retail value. Bidding is easy. Just go to SheridanMedia.com, click on the Hot Buys banner, buy the items you're looking for, and bid away. Hurry, though. Bidding ends tonight at 8 p.m. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. Uh, we're having a pretty good laugh at the cost of uh, traffic circles this morning. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, with me this morning from the Sheridan City Council is Councilwoman Kristen Jennings and Councilman Steve Brands. The city was awarded an additional liquor license due to a population increase. This is something that we've covered quite frequently here. Uh, Council members, walk me through the timeline of this application process so far. Well, I'll go ahead and take that. We were told actually at the end of the last year that we were able to have another liquor license for the city of Sheridan because our census went up 10,000. This happened a little over 10 years ago. And at that time, the city awarded it to a warehouse market, which is now Killies. Well, fast forward to now, same situation. We have a license awarded to us. So we put out an application in December for people to apply. And we had 11 business owners apply for that license. Uh, we sat down and we thought, how are we best to go through those 11 licenses? So we looked historically how it had been done 10 years ago. And it was a lengthy process, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Um, and so we, with that in mind, we made sure that we use as much time as possible so we could get the right applicant. So one of the questions was, why didn't we just seven of us sit down and decide who would be the best candidate? And that sounds that sounds logical. But, you know, even the times before, they never came up with a general consensus it was a matter of a secret ballot is how they did it last time. And I can't remember. Now it was like a four to three vote. So there is really no system that's just perfect. But what we decided was with the 11 applicants, we wanted to sit down and try to get the best license to the best owner. And so we did. We sat down. And we've had a couple bumps in the road. Uh, we had a subcommittee of myself, Sean Day, and uh, Jacob Martin. And we came and lowered the list from 11 to about, I think there was about five or six, and went back to the council as a whole and said, this is what we've come up with. Um, and the council sent us back and said, well, we want you to do a little more work on it. We know you've come up with these five or six best candidates, but we kind of like to know how you came out, you know, how you yeah. came out with that. So we had a recent council meeting again, and we came up with some, uh, a little bit of a idea of some of the like a little program we want to work through and so that we can actually show on paper how we came up with the, the, the best candidate. And uh, then what we'll do is we'll go from the 11 to 5 or 6, 
and then we'll just simply draw out of the hat. Um, there's been some talk about um, making it fair, and that's about the, the fairest you can be. Uh, there may be some people who would argue with that and say no, you know, but right now that's what the committee's leaning toward, and it sounds like we're all thumbs up. It sounds like the council's all behind us now as a group. We're going forward. We will go back in our subcommittee. We will go ahead and reevaluate the applicants. They were given a chance, or they're given a chance now to supplement their application. We're going to go back through the process, come up with the five or six top candidates, and then with the direction of the council, which they've given us, then we will just basically have a lottery and draw the best name out of the hat, and we're hoping that will be done probably next month sometime. So as you sat down with this, it wasn't just let's award a license. It was also we need to come up with a precedent. Well, yes and no. We just wanted to make sure that we gave the license to the applicant who would use it to the best of its ability. You know, we had a lot of applicants that gave us uh, applications that were pretty minor. And I don't think that's exactly why that license was issued. That license was issued for the betterment of the community. So... um, not saying that maybe 10 years from now there's another license. Maybe the whole new council, obviously there will be a whole new council, and they may have a different idea of how to do this. So you're not going to set a precedent no, with it. Is this not, isn't going to be a required no, process. No, no it okay. isn't. Like I said, okay. we deviated from the one that was done uh, 10 years ago. That one was probably deviated from the one they ever done before that. You know, I look on the Internet, I've looked. I think Cheyenne was awarded a new license, possibly Casper, and they're the same way. They were just kind of – you know, going through the motions, trying to figure out the best way to award a license. Mm-hmm. So, so each council kind of gets yeah. to determine yeah. how that will happen. Right. Yes, we actually came up with this process through the council. It was nothing that the subcommittee didn't say, this is how we're going to do it. It was a council. Council said, we'll go into a subcommittee. We will figure out the best of the candidates. And then as a council, they will go through it and draw names, draw one name. Now, when is uh, one more time? When will that happen? That should be next month. I don't know the exact date, but that should be about next month sometime. Okay, so sometime around yeah. next month, yeah. the the name will come out of the hat or yeah. the fishbowl or the yeah, and I was, coffee cup, the kino. <laughs> and I was I was getting a big chuckle today. I, I hope people when I'm driving down caffeine. I was headed to Perkins to breakfast, and I'm pulling into Perkins, and I'm I'm just laughing. I'm in the car by myself, and I'm just laughing because Trevor Jackson's on the radio, and he's he made some remark about something lasting as long as the city council decision <laughs> for the for the liquor license. And I know I know Trevor would meant no harm. You know he's he's a likable guy. But I just I was laughing so hard because I do want to make sure the public knows it is really not time wasted when you're doing something for the city, something to this magnitude. There is no wasted time. We will take our time to do it right, and so. When the last uh, person is drawn out of that hat, we can all sit back and say the city council did a, a their diligence to do it this way, mm-hmm. and, and and to make a fair and, determination. Yeah. yeah, and if and if people make fun of me for laughing driving down the street, <laughs> they got to realize I have to blame that on your coworker. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's one of the best we've got. I'm here yeah. to tell you. All right, when we return, we're going to continue with your Sheridan City Council. This is Public Pulse at 9:30 KROE, 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
you had more time to manage your business operations, sell your products, or take a vacation? What if you had someone to pay your bills, handle your payroll, or watch your bottom line? Let the accounting professionals at Harker Mellinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mellinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember, the initial consultation is always free. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right. And early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. If you've been thinking about building your dream home, Vista West is the place to be. Hi, it's Jack and Kathleen Wood from Best Real Estate. You're right, Jack. With five to seven plus acre lots starting at around 250000 Vista West is just what you're looking for with less than three miles from downtown Sheridan. You heard her, folks. I'm right. Wait, what? Building your luxury dream home with natural landscaping and views of the Bighorns, Vista West is Sheridan, Wyoming's premier executive building site. Call Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307-763-1249. It's time to live your life the best at Vista West. And I was right. Brokered by EXP. Here's what people are saying about wrap plumbing and heating in Sheridan. Very professional, friendly, and fast. Wrap plumbing and heating did a great job within our budget. We appreciated their fast callback time, and they left no mess behind. Thank you, Wrap Plumbing and Heating, for your service, and I want to say that we're proud to recommend you to others. This is Dan Rapp of Wrap Plumbing and Heating. My crew and I work hard to exceed your expectations on all your plumbing needs. We pride ourselves on top quality workmanship and thank all of our customers for their recommendations. I like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. That's right. You heard it here. If you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Need a plumber? Call Wrap Plumbing and Heating. They'll get back to you, give you a free estimate, and have it done as quickly as possible. Wrap Plumbing and Heating, 752-1844. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and with me this morning from the Sheridan City Council is Councilwoman Kristen Jennings and Councilman Stephen Brands. Council members, can you tell us about the evaluation of county islands within city boundaries? This is something that we've had a couple different discussions on up at the council. Uh, We've got some uh, islands out there that don't technically belong to us, but they're in city limits, right? Correct. And um, so the presentation that we had received actually was what creates these islands is being 75% surrounded by city. And then then you have a little portion that is county, but it's mostly surrounded by the city. And so that's what creates the islands, which then creates issues with elections like split ballots and potential um, 
confidentiality issues in voting. So um, I know that there was some concern about, uh, you know, we had some people come to our last council meeting and say, you know, hey, I'm, I was in the county for a reason. Um, I don't I don't want to be in the city. Um, and I, I think the the biggest thing that, you know, I think um, Councilman Brandt said it at our meeting, the biggest thing that people need to understand is um, this is causing issues, you know, for more than just elections. It's causing census block issues, that type of, of scenario. Um and we had been presented with this timeline that that they wanted to get it, the county wanted to get it done um, before the next election, so they didn't have to so worry. So they wouldn't have to go through that. Right, heartache. right, yeah. yeah. And and while I'm completely sympathetic to that, my bigger issue is is that if we're going to annex these people, we want to make sure that they are being given every opportunity uh, to not have um, some some sort of hardship put on them, because most of these are businesses. Um, and they are going to, you know, the, the current zoning that they're in. Um, and if we uh, uh, bring them into the city, if we annex them into the city, then there's all sorts of nuisance laws um, that they potentially would be violating. And that is not our intent at all is to cause them to have to spend more money to, you know, bring it to a certain standard for the city. And so we're we we said, yes, please move ahead in reviewing this, bring us all the information to, you know, that we wanted staff to bring us all the information um, and and then we can consider it. But we're we're not going to rush this process because there is we, we do not in any way, shape or form want to put a hardship on these businesses. So. Can they be grandfathered in? Yeah, see, that's a good question because that's a word that's no longer used. There is no grandfathering any longer. Really? No. And that surprised me because, again, you always think that you think, well, in the old days, let's say the old days, people would be grandfathered into the city if you were to annex them. The only difference is right now, say, you have a – I'm just going to use an example. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, a wrecking yard. Do you have some wrecking yard that's in the county? All of a sudden, you bring this wrecking yard into the county, into the city. Well, you know, there may be a, a code or a zoning that kind of would match up a little bit. However, the, the zoning in the county and the city, even though they're somewhat similar, like, you know – wrecking yard or whatever. The thing is, those people, um, they have, like Chris was saying, there might be a nuisance ordinance where they can only have so many cars. Yeah. They might have to have it fenced. So, you know, you're right. I, I'm very sympathetic with the uh, county trying to get this, this done. But then I also realize my heart goes out to those people uh, that have had a piece of property in the county doing their job, doing their business, never hurting anybody. Living within yeah. code. Providing mm-hmm. providing mm-hmm. a service to the community. All of a sudden, it gets annexed around them. And who annexes it? The city. So actually, in, a, in one way, we harm people when we annex into the county without the thought that eventually down the road, these things are going to happen. Yeah. We have to be more knowledgeable so that we do not put people in these positions. So I wanted to make sure that, um, that you know, there was kind of a, a, a hurriedness. Let's get this done by next election, but, it's, but you know, again, I, I mentioned I don't move that fast. I want to make sure those people in this island, when they and when they get annexed in, they get annexed in with the city's responsibility to allow them to maintain their business at the same level as much as they have now. I don't want to see somebody be annexed in and say, okay, now, you know, you can't do this or you have to move this. Yeah, you know, because, and it's going to cost them thousands of well, dollars. You know, and, as yeah. well as I do. You know, I have. You know, I've lived here all my life, which is a lot of years. People have lived close to the city. You know, 
I had an uncle that liked old tractors. He had old tractors. To him, that was gold. Mm -hmm. That was good. But then all of a sudden, one day, you know, good example, you annex them into the city. All of a sudden, you can't have your tractors anymore. Yep. That's a shame because, yeah. you know, he did not do anything different uh, to change that zoning. It was because he got zoned in. So anyway, I'm very, very cautious moving people in in these, these zones, these areas, unless I'm very comfortable knowing there will not be a hardship on them. It's not going to be a punch right. in the stomach. We actually have a caller. You'll have to put on your headphones real quick to hear him. And we'll head right straight to it. Go ahead, caller. You are on Public Pulse. Yes, thank you for taking the call. <laughs> I'd like to ask the councilman uh, and council lady, is one of the businesses potentially affected by annexing into the city the, I'm going to call it boutique slaughterhouse up there. I believe it's owned by uh, members of the Kearns family. And is that a difficulty because it's a new business, it's come in in the last, Two years, three years, maybe. I think it's more like two. And if that is the case, does the city specifically have regulations prohibitive to slaughterhouses being within the city's limits? I believe they process um, cattle and maybe other animals, maybe hogs as well up there. It's a new business. It's somewhat boutique. certainly isn't massively large with big stock pens. You kind of bring your cattle in, I understand, and then have them addressed there. Is this one of the problems? You've got a a new business started uh, rolling on down the road, and now it might be gobsmacked. And what really piqued my interest was when Mr. Brandt said, we can't grandfather anybody anymore. And, and that could present a real challenge, and I wonder if they would address that. If I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, so a slaughterhouse. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of regulations on slaughterhouses, and that probably is considerably different from a county to a city. Absolutely, and, and yes, um, my understanding is that it is one of the businesses that could be affected, um, and that's why we want to take as much time as possible because we do not want to have to um, cause these people any any more hardship, um, you know, than they already have to go through for regular uh, zoning. But the current the the issue is not necessarily as much the zoning because the way the zoning stands currently, they are um, even if they were annexed in, they would still fall under the guidelines of the zoning. The bigger issue is the nuisance laws, and so there's more regulation in the nuisance laws that's actually. Um, that's actually an issue than there is the zoning. Um, so we're looking at potentially causing, or we're looking at potentially creating a new zone as well as reforming our nuisance laws so that these people um, who are in this affected area will not be affected. Oh, wow. Okay, so now we're we're going to go down. We're going to sit down and look at these regulations that we we have in place and maybe change them up. Yes, absolutely. And not remove them, but but adjust them so that these people can continue business as usual without causing hardship. Uh, this is exactly what we've been talking about, this situation right here. Right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of the discussion yet to go over. Just like the slaughterhouse or the packing plant, whatever you want to call it. You know, just I'll put it pretty easy right now. You know, as far as I, as well as I do in the city, you can't shoot a twenty two. So I'm just using an example. 
if they have a slaughterhouse or this meat packing plant comes into Sheridan and they no longer can discharge a 22 to get their animals down. So these are things that, you know, we'd have to address. Well, again, the nuisance ordinance, you try to change it for those two or three businesses, but then you're also changing it for the whole zoning area. Yeah. So then you're creating maybe more of something you really don't want. Um, we have our we have some work ahead of us because, again, I said I am going to make sure that I do the best I can to protect those property owners so they do not take a step back. Yeah. Now, I've only got about three minutes left, but I did want to talk about this upcoming strategic planning meeting. You guys are going to be meeting on Saturday, am I correct? Correct. All right. So the involvement of, of – or the level of involvement in this thing entails what? What as a city council member, what do I have to have in my back pocket when I show up on Saturday? Um, you know, I don't think that there's any specific uh, requirements for something like this. It's mostly to um, gather the council together and say, you know, you have been together now as for a year, a little over a year, um, and what do you foresee? the the future of the city looking like and to be able to take those ideas and to be able to take everybody's different perspectives and to kind of um, marry them together so that we're looking at one big picture and we're all trying to not go in you know a million different directions and and we all have um, you know uh, councilman Brantz and I joke about this all the time having differing opinions and that's great because that is the you know being cornerstone able to have, of government exactly mm-hmm. being able to have that discussion and being able to you know we're we are not a hundred percent lockstep and that is that is great we need to have that diversity and uh, so in in a way it's just basically giving everybody a chance to sit down um, in in one setting and say, hey, this is what we, this is what I personally see for the future of Sheridan, um, and then everybody will have their opportunity. And then to look for the opportunities of, hey, we all actually think the same thing on this this particular yeah. issue. So, yeah. yeah. And compromise on the ones that you don't see eye to eye with. Another cornerstone <laughs> that keeps the <laughs> the house standing, right? <laughs> compromise. Wouldn't it be sad to get into a city council meeting, look up there, and see seven? Old men my age, 60, 70, all gray-haired, talking about the future of the city. That would be kind of sad. You know, we are really fortunate now because we have a couple gray-haired gentlemen like myself. We have younger people. We have a a nice young lady. We have, you know, men. And that's what the city council needs. We need a, a, a good diversity of representation. But now with that also comes, you know, we need to work together and learn a little bit of our, our, our speaking styles and, um, and so this this meeting we have Saturday will help us because I think we all have the right idea. We all want to do what's best for Sheridan, but we come at it all of it a different little little perspective. And these meetings help us figure out how to communicate better to each other. All right. Council members, thank you so much for taking time coming in and seeing us today. I greatly appreciate it, and thank you for being so open about everything. Thank you. <laughs> all right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. Dan Marshall here with Captain Clean. Your heating and cooling system are the lungs of your home or business, taking air in and breathing it out, directly affecting your indoor air quality. Normal day-to-day activity generates lots of contaminants and air pollutants such as dander, dust, and chemicals. 
Call today for your free HVAC cleaning estimate. It's 100% free, and nobody has the equipment or expertise to clean HVAC like we do. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for health. Comfort, durability, and performance. Shop for Timberland Pro work boots at all Shipton's Big R store locations. Packed with the latest Timberland Pro comfort features and technology, the right pair will conquer any job site, weather condition, or terrain. For a limited time, you can take 20% off all Timberland Pro footwear in stock. And that discount is also good on Timberland Pro hoodies, jackets, beanies, shirts, and other apparel. Hey, work can be hard, but finding the right boots and workwear is easy. You'll find Timberland Pro footwear and apparel at Shippen's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan Honda. I noticed the name change and I gotta ask, what's going on over there? Yeah, Tommy, hi, I am Candace. I moved here from Minnesota to be the new general manager at Sheridan Honda, formerly Valley Motor Honda. Look, we're really excited. Our new owner is expanding in Wyoming. We now have a sister store, Yellowstone Motors in Powell, And obviously, we've got a new name, Tommy, but it's the same great team, and we're going to continue to honor the Weber family legacy with a great service you've come to expect. Okay, Sheridan, stop in. Say hi to Candace Crane at Sheridan Honda today. Did your late aunt leave you with her home in her will and all 30 cats that have been living there for years and now you don't know what to do with the cat house? Bio Renovation is taking off your hands. The house, not the cats. No matter how bad it may be or what smells may be emanating from it, Bio Renovation will come out, take a look, and make you an offer. Face it, you're not going to sell it any other way. Contact Bio Renovation today. Find them on Facebook or at BioRenovation.com. Do you have simple tax returns, but you're still confused on how to prepare them? Cloud Peak Accounting can help. Cloud Peak Accounting will prepare your simple tax return while you wait. Not sure if your tax return qualifies as simple? Just call them to find out, and then set up an appointment to get your taxes done while you wait. Call Cloud Peak Accounting at 307-684-5519. That's 307-684-5519. Or visit them online at cloudpeakcpa.com. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K R O B Share. 